say, um, you know, Lord, let your healing power just come in. And I just pray that when you all hear that and hear those words, you just let God's healing power come in and heal and minister to you and just do in us what he wants to. And I pray tonight, Father, that if there's anyone in here right now that is just just needing healing in their body or maybe refreshing of spirit, soul, or body, God, that you will just do that by your Holy Spirit. I pray over each one your blessing, your presence, your healing presence, Father, to minister, to touch, to heal, to make whole, to lift, Father, to uh, bring to a place of peace and joy in you, to, to bring provision everywhere that they need it, Lord. We're so grateful for the Holy Spirit. We're grateful for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're grateful for the language that you give us. It's the language of our spirit. That, and you say that when we speak in that language that the Spirit of God gives us, that we are speaking mysteries to you, Lord. And, Father, we are so grateful. You've given us everything we need to walk in this world and to walk it in victory and in, in, in your power And so, Father, we just rejoice in you tonight. Father, we ask you as we just sit uh, under the ministry, teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit tonight, that you will just uh, give us revelation and understanding and speak to each one of us right where we are. Father, give us what we need for tonight that will just bring life and peace into our lives, God. And I just thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've been talking about the spirit-formed life. We don't want a flesh-formed life. We want a spirit-formed life, right? I know I do. I say, form me, Lord. Make me. You might pray that prayer. Just make me, God. You know, <laughs> could you just make me do that? Form me into that. You know, we're the clay. He's the potter. He's the one that forms us. And it's a place of peace and joy. And, you know, if you get out of peace and out of joy, uh, you're probably trying to form yourself or you're probably trying to just jump ahead to things. The Lord reminded me today that his promises are inherited. Where his, I could say his promises are received through faith and patience. You know, we get in faith, but sometimes we're not always patient to let him work it out and just know that he's going to do it. And we're going to talk tonight. Uh, We've been teaching on some disciplines of a spirit form life. I know that when we teach grace, we think, well, is there discipline in grace? Well, yes, because there's discipline throughout the word of God that we, we not only hear, but we obey. And so we're under grace. We're not performing it. We're not doing it by by our own works. It's the leading of the spirit. But we, when he speaks to us, our part is to do what he asks. And then he even gives us the power to do it. And so we've just been talking about some disciplines because we're disciples of Christ. Did you know You know, we read and we talk about the disciples. But do you know you're a disciple? You're one who is taught by him. You're a disciple. Isaiah 54, verse 13. This is a scripture that I say still to this day over my children. I say it over myself, and I say it over my grandchildren. And, you know, I have been taught in my early life, and I'm so grateful, and we teach you to pray the Word of God, that God's Word is alive and active and full of power, and that God hearkens, His angels hearken to His Word, and the Bible says that He will watch over His Word to perform it. 
So I love to pray God's word. Number one, it builds your faith. And number two, it does. God sends it for us to do what you're praying. And so, and it's not that you have to have a scripture for everything you pray. But I tell you what, there's great scriptures and it's my favorite thing to do is to pray his word and to say and speak his word. But Isaiah 54 verse 13 in the Amplified Bible says, And all your spiritual children shall be disciples taught by the Lord and obedient to his will. You know, I want my kids to not only be taught by the Lord, but how about you? Don't you want them to be obedient to God's will? It's not just enough to be taught. We learn a lot of things so we can get fat and sassy with it, but the rubber meets the road in the doing. And not doing of our own strength and power, but in that following as a disciple of Christ. And so this says that great, we're obedient to his will because we're disciples, and this speaks to all of us, and great shall be the peace and undisturbed composure of your children. And, you know, I say that over myself. I say, I'm a disciple, Lord. I thank you that great is my peace and undisturbed composure. Do I act like I uh, don't always, do I act like I'm not always in peace and in undisturbed composure? Yes. At times I do. But I don't get discouraged by it. I don't let the enemy defeat me. I heard Gloria Copeland teach one time, and I've always remembered it. She said, God's mercies, and that's what the word says, are new every morning. Get up new in the mercy of God every morning. Even when you've acted like a bum, get up the next day new in his mercy and begin to speak Isaiah 54, 13 and pray it over. Thank you, Father. That I'm a disciple taught of the Lord. Great is my peace and undisturbed composure. I'm obedient to your will. You know, you just got to keep getting up and standing up in him and letting him perform in us his will and his word. And so it's just so important. You know, disciples are taught by the Lord. Disciples are obedient to his will. You know, those disciples that we read in the Bible, did they follow Jesus? They followed him. They went where he went. When he said, go here, they went there. When he said, go get that donkey and tell them this, they did it. They didn't just sit there and say, ah, we don't want to. They did what he said. Now, there was a time or two when Peter thought he was going to tell the Lord what to do, but we know how that goes, right? (laughs) We know how that worked out. It didn't. But we we follow him. And as we do it, as we let him be our Lord, And as we follow him, great will be our peace and undisturbed composure as we're obedient to his will. It's when we go our own way that our peace isn't there. And when our composure just goes crazy because we're doing it our own way. So being a disciple is living an abiding and abiding in a Christ lifestyle that learns God's grace. And lives his principles in the here and now. We walk in the grace of God, but we live out his principles in that grace. You know, the Passion Translation says of Isaiah 54, 13, it says, Great will be their peace and prosperity. When you're a disciple taught of the Lord, great will be your peace and prosperity. 
You, you know, when the Bible says that, I don't know about you, but when I see those words in the Bible, I'm a disciple. So you know what I say of myself? Great is my peace and prosperity. You know he wants to prosper you? Spirit, soul, and body, he wants to prosper you. He didn't want you just barely getting by. He wants to prosper you. And so when you read it, receive it. Say that's my... you know why he wrote it down? As a gift to you. He wrote it down so that you would take his words and eat them. There's a verse in the Old Testament that's just coming to mind, so I'm not going to be able to find it. But it says that your words, that I ate them, that they weren't just a trifle to me. They weren't just something unimportant. But they were my very life. God's words are our very life. I think of all the people that go to church that don't know the richness of God's word and his, the life that it brings into us. I went to church from age two and a half to 26 years. I didn't know that. But I know it now. And I want you to know it. And I think you do know it. God gives so much. In his word. The discipline that we've studied so far, the first one was committing to hear God's voice. That's how we start out. You know, if we don't hear him, we don't know where to go. And we read scriptures and we talked about how we're his sheep. The Bible says, and he says, he said it, my sheep know my voice. We know his voice. You know his voice. When he speaks to you, you will know it. Believe me, it sounds like nothing else that you hear. You know it's God. I heard his voice tonight. I was beginning to practice, and I began. We were, you know, Alan and I were in here and everything. I began to practice, and the Holy Spirit said, you didn't unlock the door. I said, you're right, Lord, I forgot. I went, when I got up, I went right out, and there was Michael. I didn't hear anything. Michael was walking back to the truck with Cookie and Barry, I said, wait a minute. But you know, God cared that Michael had walked up to the door and we hadn't unlocked it and hadn't remembered. And I mean, you know, God is practical. He tells you things. That was important to Cookie, Barry, and Michael. Here they were early and that door wasn't unlocked. But aren't you glad that God, when we make mistakes or when we don't do something just right, the Holy Spirit will say, hello. You know? And you know what? If you'll practice it in the little things, if you'll practice listening and obeying him in the small things like he didn't unlock the door. I could have said, well, I'm going to finish practicing. But I knew when he told me there, you know, I mean, my whole head doesn't. But I try to practice. God help me. I don't do it perfectly. But I try to practice responding and obeying right when he says it. Because usually there's a reason you know, usually it's maybe just to remind us it may only affect us, but it, it, it affected them. And it would affect the rest of y'all because you'd have been out there. <laughs> but I'm just saying, God is so, he cares about everything in our lives. So, committing to hear God's voice. The second one that we, that we talked about was living in the power of water baptism. And we talked about what that is and the picture of that, how we're buried with Christ. And we're raised from the dead with him. It's a picture of who we are. And, you know, and I said, the supernatural things that happen, 
When we do that, I can't tell, I don't know what they all are, but I know that even great deliverance comes and things happen. And so we don't need to think about it here. If he tells us to be water baptized, we need to be water baptized. And by faith, do it and know that he's going to do great things through that because it was important enough to him to tell us. And was Jesus water baptized just by the way? Yes, he was. So, you know, sometimes we just think, man, I don't know. But why don't we just obey? Why don't we just do what he said? Imagine how our lives would be if we would just do what he said. He's not mad at us. He wants to bless us. He wants to help us. He's got good things for us, but we're going to have to find his path to know what that what that is. He's not hiding it. He says, what, yoke up with me. My yoke is light. It's easy to be born. If you're heavy burden, Matthew says, if you're, Jesus said in the book of Matthew, if you're, if you're overladen, he said, take on my yoke. It's easy. And you know, if you're yoked up with somebody, you're going to go where they go. You're, you're, you're with them. You're yoked. You're going. And that's what he tells us. He's got a way for us. The third thing we talked about was celebrating the Lord's table. Communion, receiving what his body and blood have done for us and reminding ourselves and receiving afresh all that that sacrifice has done, the healing, the deliverance, the wholeness that has come through that. Not just walk by and receive what he has done. You can receive communion at home. We do it the first Sunday of the month, but you can do it at home. You may say, Lord, I just, I just want to remember again. He said, do this, what? As often as you remember me. You can receive at home. You know, it's between you and him. It's between you and him. And it's beautiful. All the things that God has done. And number four, last week, was it last week when we did or we do the DVD last week? I think we did that. is walking in the spirit of forgiveness. And we talked about forgiveness last week. It's so important. Boy, the enemy wants to trip us up with offense and unforgiveness. And we need to walk in the spirit of forgiveness. Look, did Jesus have an opportunity or two to have some unforgiveness? Once or two? One or two, you think? Man. But he just stayed in forgiveness. Even on the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Wow. What a heart. So tonight, you're going, well, what are we doing tonight? Tonight, we're going to talk about feeding on the Word of God. That's what we're going to talk about. Matthew 4.4 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's what we live by. Martin Luther said this. He said, We cannot attain to the understanding of Scripture either by study or by intellect. Except first to begin by prayer. Entreat the Lord to grant you of his great mercy the true understanding of his word. I always hear Andrew Womack talking. <laughs> oh, he said somebody was asking him, well, what is your, how do you interpret the Bible? Through what doctrinal whatever do you interpret the Bible? He said, well, I don't. He said, I just ask the Lord to reveal to me and show me what he's saying. And he said, I don't know and understand everything. He said, but as I just stay and seek the Lord, he shows me and reveals things to me. 
And you know, that's what God wants to do. As we pray, when we open our word, when we open the Bible to read, Lord, reveal to me what you're saying and what you want me to know today. Give me your understanding. Luther said, there's no other interpreter of the word of God than the author of the word. In the influence of his spirit, believe this on the word of a man who has experience. That's what Martin Luther said. I've got experience. Believe what I'm telling you as one who has experience. But if you will pray and ask the Lord by his spirit to reveal things to you in the word, he will do it. Because we, we try. Ooh, I'm trying to understand. You know, you, all your brain cells get to moving. But just stop and say, Lord, show me. I don't understand. <clears throat> and I have even found sometimes <clears throat> that um, sometimes you'll be reading something and, and you'll pray about it and ask the Lord about it. And he doesn't answer right then always. But later in the day or later in the week or month, it'll just come to you. And you'll go, oh, that's what you, that's what you were saying. Or, oh, that's what you wanted to say to me. <clears throat> God's word is the ever available, always available, supernatural source for faith, strength, wisdom, growth, and freedom in Christ. It's the source. It's the supernatural source of that. There's no substitute for its power to nurture, counsel, and sustain us. You know, I can have a crummy day. And just get in my mother's chair. I had my mother's chair in Ottoman in one of our bedrooms. And it's my favorite place to just to go. And just sit down and just open the Word. And it just refreshes you. The trouble, the stuff just rolls off. And God's presence just comes and just fills you and just, it's not that stuff isn't still there, but it just removes it. And you just know, Lord, you'll take care of it. It'll be okay. That's what he does. And it's just available to us every day, all throughout the day. Persistence on a daily pathway through the Bible is not only essential, but it's joyous. Our pastor's wife, you know, Alan and I are the first pastors of Maranatha. We're the second pastors. Our first pastor Brother Oral, his wife used to say that, that reading the Bible was like drinking water. And it's true. The more water you drink, the more you want to, the thirstier you are for it. And reading the Bible is the same way. The more you read it, the more you thirst to read it and you want to read it. And God wants to fill us daily. Just like we eat food daily, he wants to fill us with his word daily. The word of God will only find its place in our personal lives. By our making a choice to read it daily, to feed on it daily. God's word sustains our emotional, physical, and spiritual lives. We read in Matthew 4.4, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's what Jesus said. That's how we live. That's what the Bible says. This is what man lives by. Jack Hayford recommends this. He's talked about his struggle. You know, and I am not good at this. I don't even do it. I don't do this because it is extremely frustrating to me, and I feel under the gun to do it. But for those of you that like it, I think it's great. 
But though, you know, like one-year Bible plans, and you read this many chapters a day, I feel rushed. I'm like, wait a minute. I want to read. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> and then, you know, first thing you know, you're whatever, how many chapters behind and you're, I mean, oh. I'm just not good at that. You know, I'm just not good at that. I just want to sit and just let God. Because, you know, I say this. When you sit down and you read, you'll know when the Holy Spirit has ministered to you. You'll, you will just know. Because sometimes I read and I can tell I'm just kind of reading. But you'll know when, oh, wait a minute. Oh, and something begins to go in. And something begins to minister to you. And it might be one phrase. It might be one sentence that you've read. But it goes in. It begins to minister life. Those are the ones I like to write down and mark them and say this. And begin to meditate and let it get inside me. Because then later when things come up, out it comes. And God reminds me about it. And it brings life. But Jack Hayford said, so those whole Bible reading things, that whole, I think it's awesome. And people that can do it and follow it. Meticulously, I think it's awesome to get the plans, but I've just never been real good at being able to keep up with it because I kind of get off sidetracked. But Jack Hayford says this. He says a simple guideline to help you read your Bible daily is this. He says that he doesn't turn out the light at bedtime without having read the Word. He won't cut his lamp out until he's read the Word. And he says... He says this, this light doesn't go out until his light goes in. And so that's a good thing. I, I have uh, done something similar with a psalm that I read one time that David said, so I'll tell you mine. And it's Psalm 132, verses 3 through 5. And this is what David said. And he was talking about, well, anyway, I, I apply it to my life like Jack Hayford. Surely... I will not enter my dwelling house or get into my bed. I will not permit my eyes to sleep or my eyelids to slumber until I have found a place for the Lord, a habitation for the mighty one of Jacob. And so when I do that, I'm just saying I'm not going to go to sleep. If I haven't made a place for God, if I haven't given him that place to speak to me and me to him and letting him just minister life to me even even as I'm getting ready to go to sleep then I just say I'm not going to close my eyes until I've done that and so it's just little things that will help us to say to make a commitment to it and you know it's not like a duty or legalistic thing I'm not talking about that what it is is for you it's to benefit you it's to help you it's to bring life to you and hope and joy and peace and healing and everything you need because it builds your faith. You know, we find time and place for the natural bread in our daily lives. And I know we can find a time and place for the living spiritual bread that God gives us through his word in our daily lives as well. Jesus said we're not only to live by eating that natural food, but by our spiritual food as well. And so, you know, I encourage you to press forward in it. It's like I said, God's mercy is new every, way, every day. That's what Gloria Copeland was talking about. She was saying, you know, you purpose some things, you desire some things in that day, and maybe it just didn't happen or you got sidetracked or distracted. She said, start anew every day. Don't let the enemy defeat you and say, well, I give up. I can't. I've tried and it hadn't happened. Keep pressing toward God. Ask God to help you. I tell you what, 
If you really, I call it getting real with God. If you want to get real with God and you really, that's important to you, but you're struggling, Lord, help me. He'll help you. He will see to you. You have what you need to be able to read the word and to allow that to help you and minister to you. We're going to look at some reasons tonight why we need the word of God in our lives and remind ourselves that God's word is essential to everything in our lives. Because every issue of life is covered by the truth of the Word of God and the wisdom of God. You know, I can be just kind of like maybe off in my attitudes or something, and I read the Word, and I go, "Uh uh-oh, you know. And God doesn't condemn. He's just so precious to remind us of who we are and who we aren't. You know, Alan talked about our language tonight. It says, let no foul or polluting words come out of our mouths you know why because that's not who we are we don't have the polluter living in us we have the precious lamb living in us and god's word reminds us of who we are the first reason to read god's word is god's word gives us direction about our path about where we're going about our lives psalm 119 verses 105 says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path Simply giving the word of God a place in your life every day is saying to the Lord, your word's important to me. Your word's foundational and a priority in all matters of my life. And when you acknowledge him by reading his word and taking it in like that, you're doing what Proverbs 3 verse 6 says. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You know, a lot of times... Up here, I don't know what to do. I mean, anybody got any stuff that you don't know what to do? I got some stuff. Alan and I have some stuff. We, we don't know what to do. And unless God shows us, we just, we just sit, you know. But we have to have his direction. We have to know there's just lots of things. We don't know what to do. But I like to pray this scripture, and I just remind myself, and you do the same. Lord, I'm acknowledging to you that I don't know what to do. But you said... In your word, that if I'll acknowledge you, you'll direct my path. And so, you know, God can't guide a parked car, but you might begin to get a sense of a a direction. Well, just go ahead and step out on that by faith, knowing that you've acknowledged him and he's going to direct your path. You know, he's going to begin to speak to you. He's going to say, wait, don't do that today. I'll come. It'll come. I'll let you know. You know, just different things. It's acknowledging him. The Passion Translation says Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, like, like this. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. What do you think about that? He'll lead you in every decision you make. Verse 6 says, become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. What a deal. That's what God says to you. But you know, if we didn't read his word, we wouldn't know he said that. We'd be trying to do it on our own. So that's why we need to read his word, to know what he says he'll do for us. If we'll let him, if we'll acknowledge him, if we'll give him uh, the place to do that in our lives. God's direction from his word is both immediately at hand, And it also is revelatory, that which is distant. He shows us present tense, but he also reveals things down the road. 
When Psalm 119, 105 says that your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my path, those Hebrew words are equivalent of saying you'll have a flashlight in one hand and you have a giant spotlight in the other. Al and I were coming home from San Marcos the other night and there's one of those big spotlights because they're doing, I don't recommend coming home from San Marcos at night if you're in a hurry. Uh, we weren't in a hurry, but... I bet it was 15 minutes before the traffic got to change places. But one of those big spotlights, because those men were working out in that highway in the dark, doing that pavement. And so that's what God's Word is to us. It's a flashlight for the path right here, and then a big spotlight to show us down the road what God has for us. You know, um, the Passion Translation says this. It says um, in Psalm 119.105, it says, Truth, truth, shining light guides me in my choices. He's the truth. So truth, shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. So see, that's why it's important to be in his word. The revelation of his word to us will make our pathway clear. You know, both aspects of our pathway come into view. Details for today and discernment for tomorrow. So that's the first reason it's important to get in the Word. There's many reasons. I'm not going to name them all tonight. The second reason, though, is to feed feed on God's Word is because God's Word gives wisdom about your path. You know, we can walk it, but we need God's wisdom. There's things and decisions and things that come up. Psalm 19, verse 7 in the Passion Translation says, God's word is perfect in every way. How it revives our souls. His word. It revives your soul. His laws lead us to truth. And his ways change the simple into wise. You know what? I need to be made wise. Because sometimes I can be really simple. I can really think now, huh? But aren't you glad that his word will make the simple wise? We don't have to know everything. I told you all one time. I tell God all the time, you are so smart. I mean, almost every day. You know why? Because he's telling the simple something. (laughs) And I'm going, you're so smart. He helps me. I need it. And he's just so smart. He just tells you and he helps you. Wow, how do we ever live this life without him? And I encourage you, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, when, when you're saved and born again, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you. But Jesus also said, then go to the upper room. Go and wait for the outpouring, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You know, I was born again. I was saved. But my friends, Wanda and Lucy, had something I didn't have. And I could tell they had something I didn't have. And I didn't know what it was. And I asked our pastor, Oral, what was that? What do they have that I don't have? There's something they've got. And he knew immediately. He said, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'll pray for you after our Bible study. So I got filled with the Holy Spirit right there in Wanda's den. Well, he wasn't our pastor yet, but he was our future pastor. And just that simple. But, y'all, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the language that God gives us up out of our spirit Wow, I just don't even have, I don't have English words for it. But it is a gift that he has to give us. It's not, it's just a gift. 
He wouldn't have given the Holy Spirit in that outpouring of power had we not needed it. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, remember, came upon Jesus. Jesus was water baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him for power as well. And I just encourage you, you know, you don't have to ask us to pray with you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can ask him yourself in your car, in your house, in your closet, in your bathroom. But we can pray with you. I just didn't know what it was, so Pastor Oral prayed for me. I'd never heard of it. I never even heard of that. I never heard of speaking. I never heard of any of that. Boy, am I glad because some people that don't understand and that don't know say bad stuff about stuff they don't know about. We shouldn't do that. If you don't know about it, let's don't talk about it because you could really mess somebody else up, you know. But it's just a beautiful gift. We need to honor what God has given and poured out and paid the price for us because it is a blessing to us. But anyway, okay. Back to uh, Psalm 19. I, I told you Psalm 19:7 that God's word is perfect in every way and how it revives our souls. But I just wanted to read you the rest of this psalm about the word of God. How his, when, it, when it says his laws lead us, it means his word leads us. We're not under the law anymore. So it means his word leads us. And his ways change the simple and the wise. The way that we know God's ways are through his word. That's how you know how he is and who he is and what he is and what he does. It's through his word. New covenant. But I wanted to read you some of the other. It's just so beautiful in, in Psalm 19. And um, I want to start in verse 8. I'm just reading it because I just want to. Um, because it's talking about his word. In verse 8 it says, His teachings make us joyful. And radiate his light. His teachings radiate his light. His precepts are so pure. His commands, how they challenge us to keep close to his heart. You want to know what the Lord's doing? Stay close to his heart. The revelation light of his word makes my spirit shine radiant. The revelation light of his word. So you get in his word. The revelation light of his word shines into you. And it makes your spirit shine radiant. I tell you what, you will walk in more victory in your life. You will walk in more peace and joy. If you'll just give God opportunity to do this in you. He'll do it. You don't do it. Your part is just sit down, open it up, pray, say, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's go. And here we go. Every one of the Lord's commands is right. Following them brings cheer. Nothing he says ever needs to be changed, although we have in this world a few people trying to change what he says. But I love this. This was my favorite. The rarest treasures of life are found in his truth. The rarest treasures of life are found in his truth. A lot of people think diamonds, gold. Money, the rarest treasures of life are found in his truth. That's why I prize God's word like others prize the finest gold. Nothing brings the soul such sweetness. This is what David said. As seeking his living words. Nothing brings the soul such sweetness as seeking his living words. I believe with my whole heart. I believe this with my whole heart when I'm about to say. I believe that if we would just take these words, 
in their sweetness, in their power, I believe we would be transformed. The Bible even says that when we hold his word as in a mirror, that we are transformed from one degree of glory to another. If you just li- if you're living a life that is just, I can't do it, you know, I encourage you. Let him begin to bring life into you through his word. His words are spirit and life. They will do that. I believe with my whole heart they will bring healing. Emotionally. Physically. Mentally. I believe they bring prosperity. Because when we read in his word, we see God's way of doing things. And we get in on his way of doing and giving and sowing. And you not only do it. Because see, I tithe. But I tithe in faith. Because I've read and hear what he says he'll do when I do it. In Psalm, in Psalm, um, ooh, is it Psalm 1? I think it's Psalm 1, just how he blesses. That what he does, that, 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 that when we follow his ways, that he'll prosper us. And so see, that comes and that's what you believe and that's what you receive and that's what you expect in your life. Not as a, a demand, but as it's what he's got for us. I really challenge you. I I don't want to say challenge. I encourage you to allow God to do this in your life and to bring these things to you. God's words, verse 11, for they warn us, his servants, and they keep us from following the wicked way. The wicked way is just the enemy's way. The enemy tries to get us off, but if we'll stay in his truth, it's going to keep us from following and being deceived by the enemy. His words give us a lifetime guarantee, great success to every obedient soul. Without this revelation light, how would I ever detect the waywardness of my heart? How would I ever know I'm off? I just think, you know, I'm doing well, I guess I'm okay. But it's by the Spirit of God in His Word. Lord, forgive my hidden flaws whenever you find them. Keep cleansing me, God, and keep me from my secret, selfish sins. May they never rule over me, for only when I, for only then will I be free from fault and remain innocent of rebellion. So may the words of my mouth and my meditation thoughts and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing and acceptable before your eyes, my only Redeemer, my Protector God. Don't you think those are just beautiful words that the Lord had David write down? I mean, it's the words of the God through David. But just taking those beautiful words in Psalm 19 and just praying, saying them to the Lord. I, I just love it. I'm, I, just, I think they're just so beautiful and they bring life. You know, the word simple because we read how his words make the simple wise. You know, that word there for simple, it refers to an inexperienced person. Not someone dumb or someone uh, ignorant, but an inexperienced person. Someone who hasn't been this way before. Someone who doesn't know. The words promised is a resource providing wisdom for things that we face with which we have no experience. God will show us. And even when we do have experience, you still need to pray and ask him to help. You know, as we feed on the word daily, the wisdom we need for our lives flows into our spirits. And it's deposited there until we need it. And it'll come just bubbling up out of us. The third reason to give place to the Word of God is that it ensures victory or success on our pathway. 
because he's leading us. And when he leads us, the Bible says he always leads us in triumph. He doesn't lead us in defeat. He doesn't lead us uh, to calamities or to problems. He leads us to victory. He leads us in triumph. And so that's another reason to feed on the word, to give place to the word of God. Because it brings success to our pathway. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You say it, you meditate on it, and you obey it. Joshua had just taken over the reins after Moses had died. He was it. He's the leader. And God gave him a promise of his presence and his purpose through his precepts. And I want to read the scriptures that are before this in Joshua, before Joshua 1, 8. and Joshua 1, verse 5, this is what the Lord told him. Yo, they're fixing to go into the enemy's land. They're going into Canaan. They're going into take their enemies all throughout there. And they're going in there. It's not like he's just sitting back in a hammock somewhere. But the Lord told him, he said, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Do you know that the Lord says those very same words to us? He says them in the New Testament. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Never, no, never, no, never. Now here is Joshua ready to take the reins, ready to lead the Israelites, the whole nation, into the promised land. And these are the words God's told him. Now he's going to have to decide. Is he going to receive that and believe that and step out in that? Or is he going to try to figure it out on his own? Is he going to try to do it in his own power what he can come up with? Y'all, it's the same for us today. God says the same thing for us today. So whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, or whatever is happening or will happen... He tells us the same thing. I'll be with you. I'll not fail you. I won't forsake you. I'll be with you. You need to stand up and say, that's true of me and that's true of God and that's who he is in my life. And then he goes on to say, be strong. Confident and good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. He's telling them, you're going to do this. Do you think it looked like it was going to be an easy task? Do you think that could be a little daunting for him? I can only imagine, you know. But there he is standing up in that task. But he didn't do it in his own power or strength. He did it by believing what God said and taking God at his word. And then verse 7 says, only you be strong and very courageous. God knows that when we walk in this world and we are faced with things, it takes his strength and his courage to be able to do it. It's not under our own strength. It's not that we never get afraid. It's not that we never have those emotions and think, but he said, just be strong and courageous. I'm with you. I'm not going to let anybody defeat you. I'm going to walk you through this. I'm going to show you the way. And he did. And he does with us if we'll allow him to. And you can see the times when they let him, and you can see the times when they didn't. It doesn't go well. Not because God's mad, but you get off, you get off course. You get off course. <clears throat> Be strong. And he says, turn not from what I've said. Don't turn from the right hand or to the left so that you'll prosper wherever you go. Stay on what I've told you. Stay focused on what I've told you. 
Don't look at the enemy. Don't get off on that. Stay on what I've told you. And then verse 8, which we read it. This book of the law, what I've told you, don't let it depart from you out of your mouth, but meditate on it. Think on it. You know, Joshua had to think on what God said. He couldn't think on how big the giants were. He couldn't think on how many people were there. He couldn't think on what it looked like. He had to think on what God said and meditate on what God said to be able to even stand up to go through there and lead the people. Same with us. We've got to meditate on what God says and we need to think about it. God's words to Joshua for success are his words to us today for success, to prosper us, to help us through. We need to keep the word in our minds, in our hearts, on our lips. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and mightily. You're the one that the subject you is understood there. You let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and mightily. Because his word will grow mightily and will prevail, Acts 19.20, if we'll put it in and let that word work in us and do what God has sent it to do. The fourth and last reason I'm going to talk about tonight is uh, reason to feed on God's word is that his word is our shield of faith. It forms our shield of faith. Romans 10.17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is our fundamental means of resisting the devil. We quench what? Every fiery dart that the wicked one sends our way with what? The shield of faith. We have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God in one hand, the shield of faith in the other, to quench those fiery darts. And our faith comes by the sword, the word of God. Faith is the shield we use to withstand the enemy. As we hear and read the word, our faith shield is formed. When the enemy comes and tries something, we say, oh, God said he wouldn't leave me. God's with me. He said, I will prosper. I will have success. You're not going to do that to me, devil. But remember this. Our hearing is not passive. To hear the word, according to James 1.22, means to feed on it as a steadfast practice. To heed it as a sensitive hearer. And to do it. It's not just a passive thing. Oh, well, that was nice. I read Psalm 23 today. You put it into practice. You make it your sword against the enemy. You make it your shield against his fiery darts. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That is practicing. That is feeding on the word that's making it your own that's allowing your faith shield to be formed the starting place for life growing faith is in the feeding on god's word and then heeding his leading that will bring fullness of faith and it will build us into victors so feed and heed on his word that's our call to this resource that's above all resources, the standard by which everything is gauged, the foundational footing for everywhere you may walk in life. It's the living, eternal, holy Word of God. Let's honor it. Let's live it. Let's live in it. Let's live by it. Let's live through it. Let's do it daily. Remember, it's our spiritual bread. It's what we live by. It's how we make it. And you know, 
not only will it be a blessing to you, but it'll be a blessing to others. You know why? Because sometimes when you come across people that need encouraging, God will bubble up those words that you've meditated on and you've fed on and that have encouraged you. And you'll be able to bring them out. You'll begin to serve them to someone else and let them feed on those words. As God has blessed you, he will bless others through you. And it is just so beautiful. And the gift keeps giving and blessing. So, Father, we thank you tonight for your beautiful words for this discipline of disciples, because we're disciples, to feed on your word, to meditate on your word, to make it our very life. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. 